Please welcome to the stage for a conversation on tribal homelands initiatives, President Richard Peterson of the Central Council of the Tlingit and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska, Chairman Manuel Hart of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe, Secretary Deb Holland of the United States Department of the Interior, Secretary Tom Vilsack of the United States Department of Agriculture, Administrator Michael Reagan of the United States Environmental Protection Agency. This discussion will be moderated by Julie Chavez Rodriguez, Senior Advisor to the President and Director of the White House Office of Intergovernmental Affairs. Hello? Okay, great. Um, well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all so much for making it back to uh, this Tribal Nation Summit. I know we had, uh, you know, just a really tremendous remarks from the president and helped uh, to set the stage for an important conversation we're going to have um, right now with several of our cabinet officials as well as a couple of tribal leaders. So the Tribal Homelands Initiative um, will help to touch on innovative ways that um, the Biden-Harris administration is really focused on ensuring uh, tribal land rights and protecting natural resources. So we're gonna start off with our very own Secretary Deb Holland here at the Department of Interior to really highlight how DOI is working to protect tribal natural resources through initiatives here at Interior. Thank you so much, Julie, and always um, happy to have you here. And welcome to everyone. I'm so proud to be here with all of you. Thank you so much. I mean, first, I want to just re-emphasize, you heard it this morning from the president himself and his commitment to Indian country. Um, and so he is our leader, and we are following his lead here in the department. It's an all-of-government approach to make sure that we are addressing these issues head-on um, across the federal government. So um, one of the most important things, of course, and we've mentioned this also this morning, is consultation, making sure that we are talking to tribes, that tribes have a seat at the table, that they have a voice in our future and in any policy making that we're doing. Um, and so we are working hard um, on that. There are proposed changes to the fee to trust regulations. We know we need to make those more efficient. Um, several of you have, have actually mentioned this to me already this morning, that that's one of the issues you're facing. So um, none of this is lost on us. I know the wheels of the federal government move kind of slow sometimes, but just know that behind the scenes, we are all working very hard to make sure that your needs are met. Now, one of the, very quickly, one of the things that I've been very proud to witness in my travels, both to um, Indian country and to our national parks, our wildlife refuges, and our, uh, and our public lands, is the relationship between tribes and our federal employees in those areas. Um, I was in California, the Redwood um, State and National Parks, uh, and saw firsthand how the tribes are working directly with uh, the Forest Service, with the Fish and Wildlife Service to ensure that they are restoring streams and looking out for the ecology and the habitat so that animals can thrive in those places. So uh, we're grateful to have this knowledge um, available to us and very uh, incredibly grateful for your generosity in sharing your uh, knowledge that's been collected over millennia 
so that we can have a more positive effect on the issues that we're covering. Thank you, Julie. Thank you so much, Secretary Holland. Um, we'd now like to hear from two of our tribal leaders that are joining the panel today, President Peterson and, and Chairman Hart. Um, if you all, you know, the Secretary just mentioned some of the work around fee-to-trust um, efforts. What does the administration's new fee-to-trust process mean for your communities? Well, for us in Alaska, it's, it's really an incredible move forward. You know, all we've ever really wanted was parity with our lower 48 brothers and sister tribes. And two weeks ago, very excited that uh, Assistant Secretary Brian Newland signed the first fee to trust in Alaska in this administration and since the Obama administration. <clears throat> you know, what, what that means for us is so deep and is really expansive because, you know, in Alaska, with only one reservation tribe there, so often we're told that we don't have Indian country, we don't have Indian lands, and now we can say we do. Um, and it's about self-determination, and you know, if we're sovereign tribes, we deserve and ha should have the right to put those land lands into trust. So it's an incredible step forward for us. The solicitor's new opinion, I think, is gonna make it incredibly easier for more tribes to put landed trust into Alaska, and I hope that Clink uh, and Haida isn't the last, you know, under this, because under the Obama administration, only the Craig tribe was the only tribe to successfully put land into trust, and so, and through this, the last administration, it was an incredible step backwards in these efforts, so we're very pleased that with this administration and working um, with the Department of Interior now has been just night and day, and it's an incredible opportunity for government to government. Chairman, do you want to also? Yes, thank you. Mike Boone, to which the way I have had one broker and to do my mention, that what you have had to broker. So I just said, welcome my relatives that are from across this country that we live in. It's good to see each and every one of you. I come from Colorado, and our land base is 600,000 acres, and we go into three states, Colorado, Utah, and New Mexico. And we have seven ranches that are off the reservation. So trying to get these ranches based on the distance they are from our reservation, one of them is about four hours away. We've been trying to apply from, for a fee to trust to put that ranch in. It's a 20,000 acre ranch, middle of Colorado, the process of that is so difficult sometimes because I personally think that the Bureau of Indian Affairs or the Department of Interior should help in helping us to do the legal land description. The cost of that is costing me about 300000 just to do the legal land description, just so that we can identify the legal boundaries of it. Originally, I had a dispute, our tribe had a dispute with Navajo tribe in New Mexico, and that... The Neville tribe, they wanted a litigation on it. We ended up getting the funds from it. It was trust land originally, so we ended up buying this ranch up in the middle of Colorado. And it should have went from trust to trust, but yet it went from trust to restricted fee. And then eventually later, I got with the solicitor here uh, about five, six years ago, and he said, no, it's fee now. So it's a little bit of a struggle trying to just identify how the land base is. Now, we as tribes, 
are the original inhabitants of this country, even before Columbus came. You know, he didn't discover America. We were already here. So there are more than probably 600 tribes that have original lands, aboriginal lands in the United States. Today, we have 574 federally recognized tribes, but only 326 of them have a reservation land base. These other 200 plus tribes still don't have an identity called home. Some have been relocated to certain areas. I think Kickapoo came from the East Coast. Now they're down in Texas. Oklahoma was designated as Indian Territory to put all of the tribes down there. But in, during Lincoln's presidency, he was focused more a lot on the uh, war that was going on between the North and the South. So he had to really look at how things were going to happen. Now there's about 370 treaties signed with tribes from 1778 to 1871. And in 1871, legislatures, Congress, said we're not going to do any more treaties. So today, we still fight them same treaties of trying to get our lands back. So th these are my comments on, on feet of trust that we have to keep continuing to hold the federal government's feet to the fire and, and the obligations they have, their fiduciary responsibility to keep things going. And it's just not only land, it's water also. Because these waters were here a long time ago. When the chiefs put these treaties into, and, and they signed it and they put their thumbprint on it, they said, as long as these lands are green and the water flows, today I think that concept still should be applied. So with that, that, that is my comments on that. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Next, we'll go to Secretary Vilsack. I know the President spoke about the incredible co-stewardship co work that um, USDA is helping to lead and that, that I know DOI is also um, helping to implement. But what does that look like in your department, and how are they um, really implementing this historic effort? Uh, Julie, thanks very, very much. And uh, it's certainly an honor to be here today with all of the leaders. Uh, I want you all to have some degree of sympathy for me. Uh, my staff has put together some phenomenal talking points. In fact, the talking points underlined the big announcement of co-stewardship. Well, here's the problem. The president came here this morning and made the announcement. <laughs> All of the announcements that I was going to make. So I'm going to reiterate, but before I do, I want to say a word about two women. Uh, the president certainly has provided incredible leadership uh, in areas uh, involving the tribes and has, and has expressed to his cabinet the importance and the commitment that his administration and the vice president uh, have to, uh, to the tribal nations. But I've worked with a number of uh, cabinet members over the course of my career as a governor and as a secretary of agriculture, but I've never seen anyone more focused and more successful uh, at the work that her department has been provided than Deb Holland. Deb, uh, I, I would challenge the tribal leaders in this room today to tell me if there has ever been a Secretary of Interior that has been more committed to the work of nation-to-nation -nation tribal benefits than Deb Holland. Deb, it's been a, a real privilege to work with you. And I'm fortunate because I have an incredible person working for me in tribal affairs, and that's Heather Don Thompson. She's, Heather, stand up.
So, so the President instructed us to focus on ways in which we could do a better job, Mr. Chairman, uh, to your point, uh, your passionate point about this trust relationship and this treaty relationship. And there's no more significant intersection of that than the, the lands that the federal government works with and has, and the, the importance of working with the tribes. Because candidly, you all know more about a lot of what to do with the force than any textbook, any college course, any educational opportunity that folks may have. You live and breathe this. You, you take it from literally centuries of information and knowledge. And this notion of indigenous knowledge and combining it with the, the, the passion and commitment that you all have to maintaining the force has given us the opportunity with the joint secretarial effort to try to look at ways in which we can do and be better partners with all of you. We came here a year ago and we challenged ourselves. Uh, at the time, we thought this was a stretch goal of having more co-stewardship opportunities, and we said we'd like to be able to do in a year's time six. Well, the President, as he announced, uh, we actually, between uh, the Department of Interior and the Sector and the Ag Department, we've done 20. And uh, the President over here, the first thing he asked me at lunch today was, is there money connected to those joint uh, stewardship contracts, which is an incredibly important question, and the answer is yes, there is. There are millions of dollars that the department's allocated to implement these, these uh, co-stewardship and co-management opportunities. Uh, the president acknowledged that we are in the negotiations and discussions with literally as many as 60 opportunities, and I think because of his passion in this area, we're going to work hard over the course of the next year to get as many of those uh, through the process as, as possible. And there will be resources attached to it. We estimate roughly $20 million of additional resource attached to those agreements. So we, we are very committed to this. Uh, we understand the importance of it and significance of it. And we think it is a reflection uh, of the importance of our trust and treaty responsibilities. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Secretary, and I promise I did not steal your talking points and, and hand them to the president um, earlier today. But um, in all honesty, you know, uh, as the secretary mentioned, this is a very exciting venture, and the president was very excited to be able to announce and share the incredible work um, that both USDA and DOI have been doing in this, um, in this area. So to that end, President Peterson, what has co-stewardship meant for you, and um, what does it mean for tribes to have a role in helping to manage the land that is so sacred? Well, it's really everything. You know, we've stewarded these lands since time immemorial, right? And our presence on the lands create healthier ecosystems, healthier, sustainable um, opportunities for hunting and fishing. <clears throat> when you look at Alaska and see where it, my friends here in the front from the interior of Alaska, for the first time, aren't getting salmon, you know, in their systems. They're concerned about caribou. We've stewarded these resources since the beginning of time. We know how to do it. So we should be a part of this. We're not stakeholders. And we need to be at the table. We need to be managing it. And it's our experience and knowledge that will guarantee that these resources are here for another millennia. And so that's really what it's about for us. And it's really been incredible the last two years. Um, you know, I got to work with Secretary Vilsack under uh, the Obama administration and had him come to the Tongass. And we had talked about things then that unfortunately, again, this last administration had broken promises. Um, and we had agreements with the Forest Service and the USDA 
that honestly uh, were kind of felt like a slap in the face. So it's really important to us as we move forward. We want to see these promises kept. We want to see them deeply embedded. I know I talked to Secretary Vilsack about that exact thing. Is we, you know, we can't operate at the whim of administrations. You know, administrations can bring in their priorities, but they shouldn't be telling us who have lived here since the beginning of time how to manage our resources, which resources we can even access. These are things that are inherent in our sovereignty. These are things we're born into. My people, I, I can go to where we fished now, and I can say 10,000 years ago, my ancestor was in the same place fishing. Who, who else can do that other than our first peoples? <laughs> <clears throat> We've had complex ecosystems, we've had agriculture, we've had farms, we, we've had all these systems in place for 10,000 years. All we need is that this government give us the ability to co-steward and co-management so that these resources are here. I hope my goal as a tribal leader is that one day our descendants are talking about their ancestors and what a great job they did and they mean me, they mean us. That's the responsibility we have sitting in these chairs, sitting alongside the Secretary Vilsack, sitting with leadership like Deb Holland, Secretary Holland. It's incredible and we're so, I'm so grateful right now to be in a time where I don't have to educate someone like Secretary Holland. I don't have to educate her assistant. We don't have to educate Heather Dawn. They know these. So it's an incredible thing for this administration when we talk about co-management, government to government, when our own people are sitting across from us in these roles. And so it's one of the things I really credit the Biden administration for doing. Julie, can I just intercede? Because of the president's insistence and focus on fisheries, it was important for the president to announce earlier today that we're going to have another secretary join us in this joint effort. Uh, and that's Secretary Raimondo, uh, who obviously oversees commerce, which has NOAA's responsibilities. So we're going to try to address the issue of fisheries uh, in more specific terms. So that's obviously good news. Thank you so much, Secretary Vilsack, for accenting that point as well, because it's extremely significant. Um, and I know one that we had um, you know, really dove into, especially funding um, in the infrastructure law to ensure that. Um, Administrator Regan, why don't I um, go over to you. Can you talk about some of the uh, work that EPA is doing to help protect tribal lands and natural resources, especially in light of, of the institutionalization that's happening across, I think, so many of our agencies to, as you know, President Peterson mentioned, to ensure that this lives beyond administrations? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I want to say that I echo uh, Secretary Vilsack's sentiments about uh, Ms. Holland here. I mean, I think she has set the bar for all of us to strive for excellence as we approach our nation-to-nation -nation relationships and development. And I can say first and foremost that while I thank you all for coming to Washington, D.C., I also thank you for embracing us as we visit you and your communities to seek out the indigenous knowledge that we need as we develop uh, the regulations that impact all of us. Um, last November, EPA, along with 16 federal partners, signed on to the renewal of the 2016 Tribal Treaty Rights Memorandum of Understanding. And based on uh, 25 formal consultation letters from you all, uh, we've developed a new best practices for tribal treaty 
and reserve rights. We are actually putting out better products because we're increasing our partnership. Uh, I just signed a proposed rule uh, just this week that would amend federal water quality standards to clarify how they must protect tribal reserve rights. They specifically outline that they must do that. And then second, we're developing a proposed rule to establish federal baseline standards for Indian reservation waters that didn't have water quality standards under the Clean Water Act that will be specifically tailored to tribal uses of water. Right now, 80% of Indian reservations don't have that foundation of protection. So there are a number of things that we are doing at the agency uh, to further protect all folks in this country, but more importantly, we're doing it in a way that is actually tailored to our communities in a more specific fashion. So we're excited to be partnering with you all and thank you for welcoming us to share your knowledge as we better protect the environment. Thank you so much, Administrator Regan. Um, and uh, Chairman Hart, why don't we go back over to you. Which of these sort of uh, tribal initiatives and, and uh, efforts to protect <coughs> tribal homelands would you like to see either expanded or further continued from this administration? Well, first and foremost, I thank um, White House for asking me to be up here and speak on tribal leaders' behalf. Today, we face many challenges whether it be health care, education, housing, economic development, or any kind of land issues. We need to come together in a partnership. This is the opportunity we have with this administration and all the funding that's been coming. So really appreciate all the secretaries here, all the tribal leaders, staff that has come. It's a day that goes down into history that we come together. We put our things on the table and say, we need to address this. 574 tribes, not all of them are the same in their initiatives. They're all different in their own way. They're each a sovereign government, a country within a country, and we each have to be able to work with this administration. Time is of the essence, and to work with this administration now and the opportunities we got with all these dollars that are passed by Congress, that's what's gonna take us forward. I don't know what's gonna be in the next presidential election. It might take two steps back, but we need to come together as tribal nations. Yes, these lands protect them to the best of our ability on the environmental side, on uh, uh, e equity of everything across the board for each every, every one of us. For our children that are not here yet, but will be here, we have to give them that future. They talked earlier today about boarding school and teaching a curriculum. I think states need to address a curriculum that really tells the true story of where we came from, not the Europeans and their history of three or four or five generations, but we, even before they came, that should be put into the histories of each curriculum in public schools for our children and everybody so that they know. We need to protect whatever inherent rights that we have. I think earlier leaders said, I come here all the way over here. Yes, we all came over here, and we all need to be able to have that voice. So. Instead of us coming here all the time, then let's ask the secretary and the sec all the secretaries and even the president, come to my home, see what it's like, see what my people are going through from the youngest to the oldest, so they can feel it, that empathy of what we're facing today. We face many challenges. A hundred years ago, 1922 was the Colorado River Compact. Up to this day, a hundred years later, we are still not at the, tri at the table to talk about our quantifying our water rights. And we're in a huge drought. 
not only just here, but globally. Climate, climate change is here, and we need to address it, and we need to do it in a timely fashion. So there are many, many issues that we need to talk about. Culture, language, I was talking to education uh, um, secretary earlier, and, this, and I said there's this um, steam, science, technology, education, culture, and math. Why don't we add to that STEAM and call LLC? STEAM LLC, and LLC will stand for Love, Language, and Culture. So as a tribal leader, I, I feel what each and every one of you are facing today in your own homelands. My tribe was a nomadic tribe, and we traveled all over the state of Colorado, Utah, and New Mexico. We're nomadic, and we're stewards of these mountains. We're called the mountain people. So we try to protect them the best we can. And these monuments that are designated through the Antiquities Act, I was a part of the Bears Ears, and we fought that, and we got that re reinstated back to the original when Obama did it. Then Camp Hale was the aboriginal areas for the Un Uncompadre Ute tribe. They also need to be consulted with. Today, the president said there's a consultation policy that he's going to be signing off on. That's going to make it better for each and every one of us. So with that, I thank you for giving me this honor to speak on your behalf. Well, thank you all so much for this uh, really engaging panel. And hopefully it was also instructive as we think about ongoing partnerships that we can engage in as the Biden-Harris administration and with um, tribal governments across the country. With that, I'd like to turn it over, I think, to Wheezy to offer up some um, next steps in terms of engagement opportunities that we'll have throughout sessions later today. Hello. Oh, there we go. Um, thank you. Uh, we are going to, uh, because we're uh, behind and we're trying to catch back up with our schedule, uh, we're not doing Q&A right now, but we are going to have our White House uh, Council engagement sessions uh, later on today where we'll have a much more time to have a back and forth um, and engagement on that. So um, after, when that time comes, that's when we're going to have a lot more robust conversation. Um, so thank you. Well, thank you so much, Weezy, and thank you to all of our panelists.